How's everybody doing? Come on, let's give yourself a hand for being such a great group tonight. We're so excited to have you guys here. And let me just say a big, big, big mahalo to the New Hope Hilo family, Pastor Sheldon, Heidi, everybody on staff, all of you for hosting this camp. Come on, let's give him a hand. Amazing, amazing team. Woo! We are so blessed to uh, see once again our youth uh, being uh, uh, so uh, so uh, uh, encouraged. Uh, I was worshiping with all of you earlier, and, and, and I just sent him. I took a picture. I put it on Facebook, and, and what I put on it was, everybody in Honolulu already knows you guys were doing it. And I just put, Lord, there is hope. There is hope when young people worship with, without abandonment. I mean, it's amazing what you guys are planting in your hearts this week. I truly believe that what God is allowing you to experience this week is going to change your lives forever and ever. And, and let that heart be, be, be fertile during this week. Let the Lord keep planting seeds in your heart. Don't let any distraction come and, stay, and, and take away that blessing that God has for your life. And you will continue being blessed. You, you, you will continue being blessed. So uh, I'm so excited to see every time that I see young people just worshiping God and serving the Lord. It just, it just, know, it just for us that are getting a little older, it gives us the hope that all the things that we're doing for you, they're going to continue in the next generation. And we're so blessed with all of you. So uh, tonight we, we are just, I just wanted to come here to say hi, to thank the church for being so generous here in, in New Hope Hilo. And also to, to let you know that uh, the, the, your speaker tonight is one of, my, one of my favorite people in the world. I remember when I met Pastor TJ. And uh, at that time, TJ, you just, if somebody doesn't, you just wait. You're going to be here in a minute. This is TJ. He's going to come in a minute. And uh, he looked very different than when I met than what he looks right now. First of all, he had an abundant uh, hair uh, situation going on. Um, in fact, there is there is he it's true story. He had an Afro kind of hairstyle for a while when I met him. So nobody will yeah exactly just like that. But his was like like a little lighter than that and. And weirder than that, actually. And one time, one of our friends tried to um, straighten his hair, right? And he was so curly, and he tried to straighten. And then as soon as we saw him, oh, we need to shave your head off. And then we shave his head, and then probably he just stayed that way. And, then, and it was like God's way to say, I cannot trust you with hair, my son. <laughs> you do horrible things with it. Uh, I gave it. I take it away. And um, but uh, I'll tell you this: uh, it is an honor as a pastor. Uh, and um, I don't think of myself as an older person, but as you just turned forty this year, and to see uh, a pastor in this generation—he teaches in his twenties—to see a pastor that not only loves God but loves his people. And loves God's word. And does everything in order to honor God as he serves the Lord. And in our church, he is the, 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 the speaker. When I have to go in other churches and, and, and travel, he's the one that takes our, our pulpit and, and, and preaches in my place. And I have to tell you this. Every time I go away, our church grows. And I feel sometimes a little insecure about that. 
he preaches, we have the greatest attendance. He gets altar calls, more people get saved. And I'm wondering, Lord, we're doing something right. We're doing something right. Because that's how it's supposed to be. And I can tell you this, our church loves TJ. You're going to love TJ as he brings the word of God uh, uh, tonight. So would you please welcome Pastor TJ Gorham with the word of the Lord. To be with you guys, and uh, just to kind of round out that story that Pastor Fernando shared. Remember, he shared that a friend said he should straighten his hair. Remember, I should, he shared that part. Um, the friend was Pastor Fernando, and my hair never grew back. So the moral of the story is, is watch out for his advice on that one. Um, but you know, honestly, I just want to say Fernando has been my pastor for the last ten years, and there's no way I would stand here today if it wasn't for that man. I remember when I was 19 years old, he pulled me aside. And he says, I see something in you and I want you to start to lead something that I thought I never saw in myself. And so I would never be standing here today if it wasn't for that man. And so Fernando, I just thank you for all your love and support, man. I mean, our district is in good, good hands. So, well, tonight we get to continue in our, our series. We started this last night with a lot of young people. And one thing you got to know about young people is there's a lot of passion inside of them. And I love that. And it's even better when that passion gets harnessed towards the right things. Especially when it starts to come to Jesus. I mean, you can even just yell certain things and young people will respond. For instance, I think this came out of Leeward. But if I was just to say something like, Jesus, would you guys... Is that crazy? Or how about this? Go the other way. You know? Jesus! That's right. There's passion, okay? So what we do is we talk about and we sit here and we spend this whole time. And honestly, I almost felt like I should just sit down. Because we've already had church here tonight. The church is not just to come and hear a message and to walk away. The church is when the body does what the body just did. I mean, when we worship, did you feel the spirit? Did you watch as we encouraged one another and the Holy Spirit spoke? That's the church. I mean, we're literally in the midst of the church. And I believe that tonight is not going to be an everyday, an ordinary Wednesday night. I believe that God is going to do something special in our midst. Because I believe that God has a huge legacy for Hawaii to leave. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about our young people. Yes, our young people are indeed part of our legacy. But can I tell you, as one of the younger generation, we need you guys to be able to run this race that we're going to be able to run. The, the, the stuff that God has for you guys that are more experienced, as Pastor Sheldon said, is not over. There's something for you still yet to do, and I believe it's even greater than what you've done up until this point. And so as we talk tonight, I want to talk to us, not just addressing young people, but addressing everybody that's a believer. Everybody that's somebody that God cares about, which is all of us. And I want to start to address you and basically just say, listen, church, that God has a legacy for us to live and to leave behind. But if we're going to see that come to fruition, there's something we need to do on our part. And so what I wanted to do is I have kind of an illustration. I'm going to do it in the form of a game because I like games and this kind of works for me. Okay, So I worked with Imua a little bit before this. What I basically did, I got some gift cards. Stuart, can you come up here real fast? Just stand down here. I got $5 gift cards to Starbucks, which will buy you like a half a drink. Okay, like, <laughs> So there's five of them. Okay, Now how it's going to work is I'm going to play just a little bit of a song. The first person to yell out the name of the song gets a gift card. Okay? Very, very simple. Right? You guys got this? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We haven't played anything. All right. So, shh. 
Okay, and if you know the songs, like earlier you heard them, cannot say, cannot say nothing. Okay, it's real short though, you ready? First one, and it's not going to be, it's whoever I hear first. Hold on, Emo's fan's killing me. Okay, here we go. Ready? Over here, right there. Do you guys know what it is? We'll do a longer one. Lion King, yeah? Okay, good. Very good. Perfect. Okay, you get it, yeah? That's the one right there, man. All right. All right, don't worry. This is multi-generation. You ready? Next song, next song. Shh. Right there, man. Drop, baby, drop. You got it, okay? You got that. Now the song, yeah? Everybody's like, oh, man. Okay, good. Crazy, yeah? Just from that little thing. Crazy. Okay, let's try another one. Ready? Oh, my God. Okay, oh, sit down, sit down, sit down. First person to stand up. Right there, she got it. All right, I could not tell. So high. <laughs> another. All right. All right, all right, we're going to get a little bit harder, okay? There's only two left, two gift cards left, up for grabs. I got it right over here, right over here in the, in the, yep, right over there. Okay, if you cannot tell, it was this song. You guys hear it now? All right, good. Last one, okay, last one. We're going to get a little bit harder, you ready? That's close. Anybody get that? <laughs> okay, let's try it again. We got anything? Let's go longer. I think right here, got it right over here. There we go. All right, give him a hand. Okay. I'm gonna grab a mic stand real fast. All right, all right, all right. Now, what's crazy is if you saw this, it literally took one note, one note for you guys to recognize what that was. I mean, literally one note. Lion King, I think everybody and their mom stood up, literally, like, Lion King, that's it. But it's just one note. One note. Isn't that crazy? I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I wish that I could hear God's voice just like that. Don't you? I mean, just at the littlest hint, the littlest whisper, it would be like, boom, I know exactly what you're talking about, God. I can hear you loud and clear. And I don't know if this is just me, but there's been times in my life where it's almost been like, God, I'm trying to hear you, but I just don't understand. I can't, I can't make out your voice. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do right now. Have you guys ever been there? I mean, maybe it's been in a certain situation. Maybe it's with a relationship. And you're in some sort of relationship, and you're starting to think, God, am I supposed to be in this relationship? And for the life of you, you just can't figure it out. Or maybe it has to do with a life situation. you got a big decision to make. Maybe it's a job. Am I supposed to go on to this new career? Or maybe it has to do with school. Where am I supposed to go to school? And we start to seek after and say, God, you know, where are you? I want to kind of know. And if we're honest, sometimes it feels like he's not even speaking to us. Have you ever been there? Or maybe it has something to do where you're in just a terrible situation. Maybe when you go home, home's not the most pleasant place to be. Maybe there's a lot of anger there. There's a lot of uh, maybe even drugs. Maybe even violence. And you sit there and say, God, I just don't understand. Or how come this is happening? Or why this? And as we go through these different things, a lot of us start to get close and say, God, I cannot really hear your voice. I don't really understand. 
And what I want to do as we address this tonight is I want to suggest something to us because what I believe, and I'm going to be short tonight because I believe that God wants us to do something particular. But what I believe is that there's not necessarily that God isn't speaking because here's what I know about God. God is always speaking. But the thing that I want to suggest to many of us tonight is, and this may not be for everybody, but I believe it's for majority of us because I spend a lot of time in prayer, is what I want to suggest is what if the problem isn't on God's side? What if it's on our side? Now, interesting, we went through these songs. I'm going to play just a couple of them back in a second. But we got to the last one. How many of you guys know One Love by Bob Marley? Yeah, a lot of us know that song like that, right? I mean, instantly. But if you hear it like this, oh, can we turn it on real fast? Coming, coming, coming. He's running up the stairs. Go, Kevin, go. All right. Okay, the problem, if you can hear, static, yeah? Tons of static. The song is actually playing, but there's static. Now, I don't know if you guys know what this is, but this is called a radio, okay? They had these before iPods and iPads. You guys remember these things? You know what's crazy about radios? Radios are supposed to pick... Some of you guys are like, what is this? All right. Um, radios are supposed to pick up signals. Isn't that true? Now, when you listen to the radio, one of the interesting things about radios is you actually have to be dialed in to be able to actually pick the signal up. And if you make the smallest mistake, not like, like micromanage, but just a little bit, if you're just 0.2 off, 0.3, what ends up happening is exactly what you heard in that Bob Marley song. It's this static where it's like, and you can kind of make it out, but you can't really get a clear signal. And so what you need to do is you actually need to dial in or just kind of correct just a little bit to start to really get a clear signal. So in essence, there's nothing wrong with the broadcast. What's wrong is that you're not maybe dialed in exactly as you need to be in order to get the signal. And in the same way, what I want to suggest for many of us in here tonight is I believe that sometimes in our life, That there are things that God wants to do, but the problem is, is that sometimes we're just a little bit off. I mean, just a little bit. And what I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us is not only that he has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives and for us collectively as a group, but I believe what God wants to speak to us is he wants to tell us that before that plan comes to fruition, we need to dial into him. We need to be able to correct back, to really click in, because if the message comes through fuzzy, we're going to find ourselves in a lot of a different place. We're not going to be able to know. But just like the songs that we just listened to, when the note comes through loud and clear, in an instant, you know what to do. In an instant. And for me in my life, I've experienced many times in my life where I've been like, God, where are you? And he was right there all along. I realized over time that the issue wasn't where was God, the issue is where was me. Because in my life, there was a couple things that were off, just a little bit. And I didn't think they really made that much of a difference. But how many of you guys know, sometimes it's the little things that really add up over time. Let me give you an example. If if you are, like let's say a lot of us flew here from different islands, okay? Now if a pilot was to take off from an airport, and let's say that they were taking off from LA and they were going to fly to Hawaii... If they were flying and they were just one degree off, just one degree off, that's so small, yeah? But if they stayed that entire duration just one degree off, you know how far they'd be off by the time they got to Honolulu? Over 46 miles. They actually would miss the entire island. They would completely be off from just one little tiny degree. Just the littlest thing. And what I really believe tonight is if we'll pay attention to some of the littlest things that God will speak to our heart. 
that each one of us tonight will be able to click in to a greater degree. And the thing that God has been speaking from the beginning will start to come through loud and clear into each and every one of our lives. The issue isn't on God's side. The issue is on our side being able to say, Lord, I will surrender all my life to you. Speak, and then I will be able to follow you. We're going to look through a couple passages. And before we do, I just want to preface real fast because I want to tell you my heart as a shepherd here. I worked with youth for eight years. I love young people, like I already said. Um, now I get the chance uh, to partner with Fernando and get to work with um, you know, the rest of our church. I lead part of our young adults ministry. And it's been my experience that throughout this time, what's happened most of the time, it's not that we don't know what to do. This has been my experience. It's that we don't necessarily put into practice what we already do know. It's been my experience a lot of times that a lot of us come to church and we actually walk out agreeing with the message. We say, yeah, I'm in. That's totally true. But we agree with the message, but we don't actually obey the message. And there's a huge difference. The goal here, the goal of tonight isn't just to agree with certain things that we would read and to come and to sing and be like, yes. The goal is in our heart would be able to actually apply those things. Because it's when you live it out that that's when you see the things come to fruition. So I want to read just a couple scriptures because what I want you to see is this is not a new problem, okay? God has been forever trying to work powerful things through people. That's his favorite thing to choose. But what's happened so often is that people have made God just a compartment of their life rather than the totality of their life. And when you start to take off the boundaries and say, God, you can have any area of my life that you want, that's when we see God do something powerful. And so as the leaders have prayed over this camp, as we prayed over this service, what we thought is, you know what? It would be awesome for us to come out of here and have just a time where we would sing and we would worship and there'd be a lot of life. But what would be even better is if that thing didn't just stop here tonight, but it went into our hearts and came out of our fingers and came out of our toes and we lived the thing through. And that's been the goal from day one because a legacy isn't built in just one night. It's built when we make a decision on one night that we live out for the rest of our lives. And when you do that, that's when there's this snowball effect and there's change and transformation. So let's back up and go to the scriptures. We're going to go straight actually to a book that many of you may have never read. It's called the book of Amos. Okay, Amos. Amos is in the Old Testament. Let me give you a little background on what's going on. What's going on is everything's going pretty good for the Israelites. Pretty good. Now, God wants to do something powerful, but everything's going pretty good. And what happens is, is Amos shows up on the scene and he says something a little bit harsh. We're not going to stay here tonight a long time. I just want you to see something. Because what we're looking for now is what's God after? When God looks down, it says his eyes look to and fro throughout the earth. He's trying to say, what is he after? Because we want to be a people that leave a legacy. We want our lives to count. And we got to understand, what is it, God, that you really want? And what he says is he talks about the scripture. I'll read it. And again, it's not, we're, not, we're not doing any condemnation tonight, any judgment. We're going to actually walk towards hope. But we got to see the whole picture, okay? This is what it says. He's talking about the, they have these big old parties, big old gatherings. And it says this. This is God speaking now. These are scary words. It says, I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Go to the next slide, please. It says, take away from me the noise of your songs. The melody of your harps, I will not listen to it. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And when every time I read this, man, something struck my heart so deep. Because what I realized, and this might be true for you, this may not apply to you, but it applies for me. Is there's so many times in my life where I can come and I can check the church box and sing the songs and get all excited. But there was times in my life where that's where it would kind of stop and that's where I would kind of go. And I would think, God, 
That's what you want, right? You want me to come? You want me to worship? You want me to sing? And it was like he said when I read this passage, like, TJ, you're missing the point. That's a part of it. But the song that I care about the most is the song that your entire life sings. Not just the song that you sing on a weekend or on a Wednesday. And as he walks through this, it says he got to the point where he says, listen, you don't understand what I'm trying to do. I don't want you just to sing songs about me. I want you to live those songs out. I want you to be my hands and be my feet. I'm trying to do something great through you. But what you're doing is all you're doing is coming together and singing at that point. And we've committed and across the church all over Hawaii is to be a church that doesn't just talk about what it looks like to be a Christian, but it starts to live it out. Because what the world needs to see is not just another good service or message, but it's people that live the gospel of Jesus Christ in every area of their life. And when you start to see that, that's where there's change. That's where there's transformation. So does God have a plan for you? You better believe it. And his plan is way bigger than you'll ever see, ever think, or ever know. But the problem is sometimes we don't realize that there's a condition inside of some of these plans. Like, you guys know Jeremiah 29, 11? You guys know that scripture? You can bring it up on the screen. That's a great scripture. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Right? Now, the problem, you can leave that one up. Go ahead and go back. Go back one. The problem is, is that there's, after... Verse 11, there's actually verse 12. I don't know if you guys knew that. I found this out a while back. And then I read verse 12, I realized that, oh, there's something else that goes along with this. Because when God's talking to these people, you got to understand, things aren't going good for these guys. I mean, they're in the midst of, like, oppression. They're, like, completely oppressed by somebody. And he comes in and says, listen, i got a plan. It's going to be awesome. And it's different because the other one you saw, which was before this, he says, I'm not even going to listen to your songs and your prayers. But what you're going to see in a moment, he says, now I'm going to listen. When you pray, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to start to move and do things on your behalf. And you're going to see when he starts to do that. Go ahead and bring up the next slide. So it says, give you a future and a hope. And in those days, talking about when it comes, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, then you will find me. If. You see that slide? Go to the next slide. See that little word, if? That's like conditional. So does God have a plan and a purpose? Absolutely. But do we have a role in seeing those things come to fruition? You better believe it. What's our role? Your role? Keep the slides up there if that's okay. We'll just kind of roll off of that. Your role, go to the next one. Is to start looking for God with your whole heart. Your whole heart, not part of your heart. Listen, what I believe is that each and every one of us in our lives, we know some of the things that God's been speaking to us about our hearts. I believe that there's certain things in our life that have started to kind of hinder us. But what I want you to see tonight is that God does indeed have a purpose and a plan. And if you're willing to live out your side of the thing where you will seek him, not just with part of your life, but all of your life, then what you're going to see is God speak loud and clear through you and start to do something powerful in every arena of your life. You can go to the next slide, please. Another one that we talked about. We even used this last night. You guys remember this? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, right? Do you know that after verse 8, there's a verse 9. What does verse 9 say? This one's a little hard. It says this. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purifies your hearts, you double-minded. Saying this. Draw near to God with everything inside of you. And when you do that, He will meet you face to face. See, what I believe is that there's a little things inside of our life that cause such a big hindrance to what it is that God wants to do. And I believe tonight that God wants to take care of it. And God wants to clean it out. And God wants us to remove some of those things. This goes for those of you that are young, that are 15 years old, to those of you that are 50, 60, 70 years old. 
as I work with more and more people, what I find is that God speaks specific things inside of our life. We want to know the big picture, but God usually starts with just the first step. And it's not that we don't know the next step we want to take, just for some reason we don't take it. And what that starts to do is it actually starts to hinder us and cause us to get held back. I want to illustrate this actually if I can in a point. Where's Tua? Tua's like my, my guy for everything at this point. Tua, come on up here. Okay. So what we're going to do, Tua used to play sports for UH. He was, on, uh, he was on that team that went to the Sugar Bowl, if you actually guys remember that. So he did very, very well. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to um, set Tua on a race, okay? So I'm going to grab some stuff over here. So Tua's got his special running shoes apparently on. Okay. That's awesome. Five fingers. Come stand over here, okay? So hold on, Tua, right here. Okay, that's perfect. So what Tua's going to do is Tua's going to, we're going to set him out on an awesome journey, okay? He's going to go to the volcano tonight, and he's going to run there, and he's going to do something amazing, okay? I got this big plan for him, okay? So he's getting ready to go, but before he goes, what we're also going to do is uh, Tua decides that rather than just run, he wants to bring some stuff along with him, okay? So he's going to go ahead and pick up that baggage. You can carry it like a baby. And Lyle, you can make your way up here too, okay? So this represents for Tua. Um, Tua in his life, he has a lot of decisions that he made that kind of like sticking with him. He's kind of like repeating different things inside of his life. Um, You know, he kind of just does whatever he wants. If we're using the football thing, he kind of likes to party. And this kind of just adds up onto that, okay? Then what we're going to decide too is that Tua doesn't only want to bring that, but he wants to add another one, okay? So we'll put him Mua's guitar right there. Okay, don't don't drop that, bro. Okay, perfect, okay? So... (laughs) No, get ready. You're really going to run, okay? So we're going to have you run at least to the sidewalk and back, okay? Now, let's say that not only Tua had that, but let's say that Tua has a relationship, okay? So let's bring out this relationship. Come on. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) let's just sit down. As you can tell, there is nothing wrong with this girl right here, right? So it looks nice. After she shaves, she's great. So what happens then is let's say that, well, you know, we're sitting here and let's say that God, like we'll say that he still has this journey. And let's say that God says, you know what? I don't want you to like have this relationship anymore. Nothing wrong with the person, but let's just say it's not because it's actually going to hinder you in the season. You're like, you got a, a race to run. Okay. So let's say that this is true in this situation. So um, what's your name? Delilah. Delilah. Okay. <laughs> So Delilah's going to go ahead and attach herself, himself, to Tua, okay? (laughs) Okay, perfect. All right, Tua. If you make it to those doors, this is true, bro. If you make it to those doors in 20 seconds, we'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you 50 bucks, dude. Okay, you ready? All right, ready? Lyle, you better hang on tight, dude. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, go. 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 5, 4, 3. All right, go. Give him a hand, okay? Okay, now look. <laughs> How did you lose your shoe? <laughs> Thank you, Delilah. Perfect. Okay, now, 
Going back to the illustration, okay? Now, basically, we set out a task. Tua had a purpose. He had a plan, things that he needed to get done. But the reality is, is that Tua couldn't get to where he needed to be unless he was able to shed the things that were hanging on to him. Does that make sense? This isn't a new thing that we just came up with. This is something that comes straight out of Scripture. Matter of fact, if you bring up the Hebrew slide, it talks about a race that we're supposed to run. And this is what it says. It says, Therefore, since you are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Strip off the stuff that's holding you back. My question for you tonight, church, is what's holding you back? What's the thing that God's spoken about inside of your life that you haven't dealt with that's starting to cause you to be just a little bit off or what's holding you back? Because the reality is, is the problem isn't if God has a plan for you. He absolutely does. But the reality is, is if we're going to allow ourselves to get tripped up and to make choices that are going to hinder us and not allow us to get to the place and become the person that God wants us to be. Listen, some of these little things end up being big things. It affects your intimacy with God. Some of you guys want to get to know God and there's these blocks and you don't know why. But God's been speaking about certain things. It might be even some things that pop up. And it could be with the relationship. It could be with partying. It could be with lying. It could be with anger. Some of you guys could have bitterness inside of you or unforgiveness. Some of you guys in here have family members that you had falling out with and you haven't spoken with them in years. And it's burning and searing. And you know what it's actually doing? Is it's hindering you from living the life that God has for you. My question to you is, do you want to continue in the race the way you've gone so far? Or do you want to be free and start to really live the legacy that God has for your life? Freedom. Walking with Jesus. Running unhindered. Following the cloud that everyone else sees around us. When you get to that point, God does some powerful, powerful things. For each and every one of us, it looks different. Listen, when it talks about sin, I want you to think of sin in a little bit different way. Sin isn't necessarily just right and wrong. Young people, I want you to understand this because when I was your age, you know what I always thought? Dude, I'm never going to follow the rules. I just, I hate rules. Rules are so boring, they suck the life out of me. And you know what I thought the Bible was all about? Rules. Church rules. Don't do this, go do this, don't do this. But what I realized is talking about is what's healthy and what's not healthy. If you want to be like a a warrior, you want to be somebody that can play sports, and you just don't do any workouts or don't do anything else, and you live in an unhealthy way, you're not going to be able to play the sports that you want to play in the same fashion. And in the same way with life, you know what the Bible's trying to do for you? It's trying to set you up. It's trying to set you up for life. It's trying to tell you, listen, you do relationships like the way that I tell you do relationships, you're going to have the best marriage on the face of the earth. It may not be easy, but I tell you, it's going to be the best thing you've ever experienced. You do sex the way that I tell you to do sex, which is in the confines of marriage. Your sex will be on a completely different level. I know that sounds a little bit forward, but that's the truth. I'm serious. When it talks about the Bible, it's not about keeping us from things. It's about allowing us to experience all that God has for our life. Healthy and non-healthy. And when you go outside of these things, there are ramifications or there are consequences to these decisions. If you go outside of it, let's... um, I'm going to be more forthright tonight if that's okay, because some of the things that really hinder us, they're a little bit secret stuff, and I want to deal with some of those things, because those are the things that are causing intimacy between you and God, but they're even affecting your life. Let's take something simple like, um, let's talk about pornography for a second. Some people look at pornography and they say, oh, pornography is not a big deal. It doesn't hurt me. I mean, it doesn't hurt anybody else. It's just kind of my thing. 
Now let's do it from the perspective of marriage or if you're young and single. Let's do marriage. First, if you're married and that's kind of the route that you go and you think it's not that big of a deal, what you don't realize is by living in that lifestyle, allowing that sin to hinder you, it affects the intimacy of your marriage. What's meant for your wife or what's meant for your husband is going in another direction. And your marriage will suffer because of something you think that doesn't really hurt anybody else. What's happening? It's easy. Sin's hindering your life. Does God still love you? Absolutely. Still going to heaven? You better believe it. But are you living hindered? You Absolutely. If you're single, let me tell you how this plays out. You know what that stuff starts to do to you? It warps the way that you see the gifts that God's given you. It warps the way that you see men or women. It warps the way that you even see sex. And what happens is, is you get a skewed perspective and it will affect you. It hinders your relationships with God. And I've known so many people, actually personal friends, that lived a life and said, it doesn't matter what I do. And when they got married, this stuff came back to haunt them one day. This is the real truth. So when the Bible says, listen, don't even go near that stuff, it's not trying to give you a rule to try to keep you away from what's fun and what's life. It's trying to say, listen, if you live this out, you're going to be able to run into the things that I have for you and that I want for you. That's the truth of what we're talking about here tonight. The little compromises, the lying, the unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, man, that's one that just kills. You know, unforgiveness is a tricky one because usually what happens is somebody hurts you and they really do hurt you. It's not even like you're making it up. But what happens is, is it's like you had an iron. Let's say I had a really hot iron, this thing that, this is Imuas, I'm guessing. So this is an iron. I heat this thing up. And let's pretend that I came and I went over and I, I put it on Pastor Sheldon and it seared his skin, okay? Now, what, if what I did, that was wrong, obviously. I mean, if that, that's basic, right? That's wrong. But now what would happen if this thing was still piping hot and Sheldon came and he grabbed it and he wrapped his palm around it and he said, look at this, look at what TJ did to me. And this thing, what's it doing to him right now is it's hot searing his hand, right? He says, this was wrong. He should have never done this to me. He should have never hurt me. He should have never. And the entire time that he hangs on to this thing, it's actually hurting him as well. Was it wrong what I did to him? You better believe it. But the longer that you hold on to this, the worse it's going to do to you in your heart. And for many of us, that's where we got a lot of bitterness or unforgiveness or our love starts to even grow cold. It seeps inside of us. And what God can do is if God can come in and basically say, listen, I can heal you. For me, this happened for me with my dad. My dad left me when I was about 11, 12 years old. No, younger than that, 6, 7, or 8. And it was the most horrible thing ever. My dad's done so many things wrong to me. And you know what happened for me when I was young? I held on to that so tight, and I was so angry. I was just an angry person. And it wasn't until one night, actually, at a camp, where we were talking about this, and I realized, you know what was holding me back? Anger. Anger and this whole thing of my dad. And I remember I came up, and I wanted to forgive my dad for the first time in my life. And it was the hardest thing I ever did. But you know what happened after I actually forgave him? Somebody actually came and prayed with me. You know what I experienced after that? Freedom. I mean, freedom. Why? Because Jesus says, listen, forgive those who hurt you. Why? Because he wants us to experience life. Does that make sense? Listen, I don't know where you guys are at. Some of you guys have this relationship thing. Some of you guys have some sin that you know about. Some of you guys have issues with lying. Some of you guys have specific decisions or habits that God's spoken to you about and you haven't done it yet. My heart for you tonight is get right with God. Dial back in. Because listen, God has a plan and a purpose for this church, for each and every one of your lives. And the reality is, is we need to seek Him with all of our heart. We don't have time to allow this sin to hang on to us anymore. It's time to throw these things off of us. It's time to not settle. It's not to compromise anymore. 
It's time to say, Lord, I will follow you with all of my heart. And God says that when you do that, you have no idea what he has prepared for you. I want to close with this scripture on the screen. If you can bring it up, I believe it's the uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That's the truth. That's the truth for each and every one of your life. I don't care if you're 50, 15. You haven't even begun to see what God's going to do. In your family, you haven't even begun to see what God's going to do. As you live for Jesus in your schools, in your life, whatever it looks like, I'm telling you, when you cross that threshold, you have no idea what God has in store for your life. But I tell you, if you allow the sin that so easily trips us up to get in the way, you're not going to get there. God's going to give you chance after chance after chance. He forgives us every time. But I tell you, you lose time. So many of these older people that were exhorting you, young people, they were trying to say, listen, if we could go back and do what you did, if we were at this point, we would have made some decisions different and lived in a different way. And if we would have done that, we would have seen some bigger things. Does it mean that they're disqualified? No. God's got a purpose for their life from this point forward. And I mean that. For those of you in here that are older, if you listen to the Lord and make the decisions that he wants for you to make, then what you're going to see is God move and power. And what we need to see is a mighty move of God that's not attributed to just one person, but it's attributed to him showing his grace and his glory because of what Jesus did on the cross. When we get to that point, I started this message and say, I honestly just wanted to sit and not even speak. And the truth is, I really do. I, I wanted to do that. Because what I believe is not that you need to listen to my words, but it's that you need to be able to spend time with God. And God's spirit started in this place. God's spirit's remained in this place. And it's going to stay in this place. But the question is, is will we respond to God? He is speaking to you. He is addressing these things. But will you respond and say, yes, Lord, whatever it is, you can have it. If you do, if you say yes, if you come to the altar and say yes, that's when God's pleased. Remember that scripture that says, I hate your festivals. I hate some of your sacrifices. It's because people didn't get it. You know what sacrifice God that God's really happy with? This used to be part of church. They would have sacrifices. We don't need to do that anymore because of Jesus. But the things that please God is not when we just sing the songs, but it's when we lift our whole life to him and when we surrender it to him. And some of you tonight need to surrender to Jesus maybe the first time. Some of you need to re-surrender. Some of you tonight were invited by a friend and you know that your life is all messed up in an array. And I tell you, God brought you here for a purpose tonight because he wants to straighten things out. He wants you to dial back in and he wants to speak the life and the promise and the goodness that he has for you. But it's a matter of if you're willing to say yes. You know what I wanted to do to close and Pastor Sheldon can facilitate this however he'd want. I want to even invite the worship team to come back. But I actually wanted to kind of go a little bit old school tonight. They used to build kind of altar things in front of churches. And at the altar, what you do is sometimes you would come and you would kneel. Sometimes you would come and you would pray. Sometimes you would come and you just lay that thing out, whatever it was. And there's been times in my life where I've come to church and the best thing that ever happened was that I addressed honestly the stuff that was going on in my life. I came to the front. And it wasn't to go in front of everybody so everyone can see, oh, look at how good TJ is. His heart's all for God. It was I knew I needed to go talk to God about some stuff. For me, it ended up being a girl that I held on for years. And God had said, I want that. I want that. I want that. Somebody even prophesied. They said, listen, TJ, there's some relationship in your life that when you let go of, you will go to the next level. You will go to a completely different place. 
It's kind of like an Abraham and Isaac thing they were talking about. There's nothing wrong with the relationship, but you're going to need to give it up. I remember when I was 19 years old, that wrestled with me for over a year and a half. And I can remember the day that I came on my knees and I said, okay, God, I'll give it to you. You know what happened? I'd never heard God like that in my whole life. God started to speak to my life. He started to work through my hands. I started to see God show up everywhere. Was it worth it? Yeah. Was it hard? Yeah. But it's totally worth it. Get right with God. Dial back. There's a race to run, guys. We don't have time to sit with the stuff that's holding us back. The next two days at this camp, we're going to talk about the mark that we're going to leave in this world. The thing that Jesus wants to do through our life. But it doesn't get to that point if we can't correct back and dial into Him. And as a church, if we're not going to live in that place, then if we can be honest, then what's the point of being here? God is doing something in this place. I feel it. Every time I come to Hilo, I feel it. I see it. I really do. Your pastor, it's in your pastor. But it needs to get beyond your pastor into every single one of us. Because just as we ministered earlier to one another, we got a world that we need to minister to. And so what I'm going to do is, it's okay, Sheldon. It's just going to open up the altar in the front. These guys are going to play. Maybe we can dim the lights a little bit. And here's what I want. I want young and old, if there's something in your life, and you know it, especially if you're older, you know it. There's something in your life that you have been ignoring, that you've been hanging on to, and God is speaking to you tonight saying, I want you to put that down. Just trust me with it. Put it down. Get it out of your way. There's something I have for your life. And what I want is you're going to come in a moment. I want you just to come to the front. And what we're going to do is there's going to be people around, all sorts of people, youth leaders, leaders from the church. It doesn't matter. There's nothing special about the person. It's the God that we pray to. And then we're going to pray for one another. And what I want is when it's time to pray, I'm going to have just lift your hand if you want prayer and you're in the front. And someone's going to come pray with you. And when they come pray with you, they're going to ask, what do you want prayer for? And I want you just to speak directly to it. There's no judgment in here. But the Bible says this, is that when we confess it with our mouth, he's faithful and just to forgive us and remove it all right in righteousness and then just be able to pray with one another and then we're going to worship God and God's going to do powerful stuff this isn't a message just to inspire this is going to be an encounter with the living God and God can set you free in a moment he can heal in a moment he can throw those things off you in a moment but you've got to respond to him and seek him with your own heart and so if you can't ask everyone to stand right now we'll leave us in one final prayer we're going to have a couple songs and then Whatever you feel led, just be able to go. The one thing I do ask is if we can just keep it that guys would pray for guys and girls would pray with girls during this time. That would be the only request I have. And uh, Sheldon, I'm going to pass it over to you now if that's okay.